Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Peace family is 19 Keys with the 19 Keys podcast. You're listening to a high-level conversation. Tap in. All right, a word from one of our sponsors. Make sure you tap into Goldwater Products. After you come listen to the information, you're going to need your memory stimulated so you can download everything in that prefrontal cortex. You want to make sure that hippocampus area of your brain that regulates mood, memory, and learning is fully functional and tapped in. Therefore, you want to tap into Goldwater. They have smart malls, sports malls, vitamin C malls, colloidal silver. They have just about everything that you, your child, and your whole entire family needs to stimulate your brain and your body and to make sure that your immune system is functioning. Before you tap into this great high-level conversation, listen to this song by Tezu Kulando called Goldwater. The podcast can be found everywhere podcasts are played, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, every single thing you can tap in. Um, I will not be having a formal gathering, but if you text the number, oh, wait a minute, I put the wrong number up. It's 323, not 324, 323-577-6692. I will put you on my Miami list, and if we got something going on, you can get tapped in. So that's the point as well. So when we have this list and I'm moving, I'm traveling different cities, I'm actually text you so we can tap in. You feel me? So when you text, text wealth, that's going to give you um, opportunity to sign up to the text link. Um, and it's also give you the opportunity to get a link to the wealth standard, right? And every other product. And also every day I'm sending updates, I'm sending quotes, I'm sending texts. Sometimes I'm replying. I have thousands of people already on the message um, on a, on a, on our ownership circle, I'm gonna think I'm gonna call it the ownership circle. Um, so you have to be patient with me if I can't get to everybody all at once. But once you do get a reply, yes, that is personally me. You understand me? <clears throat> so make sure you tap in. And also, you can text me your city and your IG so I can start putting everybody into these different lists. Um, number one, I want to be able to communicate. And I want to be able to tap in with the people outside of social media. I don't want to have to rely on coming on here, going live, um, and people having to wait till, thank you, uh, iPink Daily. I don't want people to having to wait till we go live to where you get to hear from me or I send you an update. I want to be able to have thousands of people and we'd be like, yo, we about to do a free webinar like we did the other day and we gave you the most important uh, 19 stocks for you to tap in and, and we taught you a whole lesson everybody on the gram knew nothing about it but the people that was a part of that list they had the ability to tap in and so I don't want uh, I, don't, I don't feel like everything has to be for the public everybody has to watch and see every move for it to count like the goal is to do the work not to always be seen doing the work you understand me so that's the important part I appreciate you Mr. Fix It um, because even when 
Um, you, you can text me gold or you asking for gold water. You can text me there. I'll send you a link to whatever you need. Make sure you get tapped in. Even if we do something for Black Friday, it's only going to be on our text link. You're not about to see me selling heavy on my page. Only the people, the sales, the giveaways, the programs. Look, y'all got all these fake pages. Don't worry about it. If it ain't come from my text, personally for me, it ain't happening. You understand me? Thank you. Everybody said they tapped into the webinar. Yeah, Chris did his thing too. You understand me? That was powerful. I'm actually supposed to be calling him back right now, see if he can get online. <clears throat> Let me see if I can get him in here. So, <clears throat> I want to continue to go over some things that we need to be doing when it's talking about building ourselves up um, and when it's talking about the plans and the strategies that we can implement in order for us to be able to grow. And we talked about earlier how you can go to some of these young men and uh, young men and women that's in the streets, you can teach them skills. You understand me? Thank you, CG. Appreciate you. Thank you for the, yeah, man. I appreciate all the love, man. Thank you. Look, I told you, I, I ain't here to abandon nobody. You Y'all you, go get these keys. And, and the outside world won't even understand the relationship that we have, but we're going to continue to build. <clears throat> but the goal, and as we look at it, right, and moving forward to 2021, this is a year I don't want nobody to rush. This is a year, thank you, Natar Nicole, I appreciate you. This is a year I want people to take their time to breathe. This year, 2020, we were all thrown into chaos, disorder, right? Um, we didn't know what was coming. Nobody could have thought that this global pandemic would take hold. I knew something was gonna happen for 2020. It was a 19-year anniversary of 9-11. So through my high-level observations, I calculated that something was going to happen, and I spoke on something going to happen, but everybody was taken by surprise. People lost loved ones. Some people lost their mind. People lost their jobs, their opportunities, their businesses. And on the flip side, some people found themselves with massive opportunity found themselves being the most successful that they've ever done in life. And so there was a year of downfall and there was a year of come up. And that's what this year is all about. For a lot of us, it did bring clarity to what America is. A lot of us, we've, we've had veils over our eyes and there's levels to the veils. We're in the fourth quarter one of the most important years of history in the world, not just in America, in the world. What happens this year determines another millennia of history. And so I talked about this earlier in the year that black America is going to have to make a decision about our future. We can't go to politics as is. The campaigns to vote are over. That's one thing I'm so happy that the election is here. 
It's over now. People can stop yelling at you to do things you don't want to do. To get things that won't benefit you. It's over. Now we can possibly get back to focusing again. Regardless of who becomes president, it's going to be somebody we don't like. Now this is good because it's going to keep us dissatisfied. Whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden, people will not be satisfied. With Biden, we go feel like we put energy into electing a man that we really didn't like. Because one man beat you, right? The other man robs you, right? How do you decide which is worse? Is it the physical abuse or the financial abuse, right? We are trying to decide which event is more traumatic, not which one is better. So with that being said, now we're moving forward saying, okay, I have no choice but to figure out what I can do for myself. And see, here's the beauty that those people finally come into that point. Some of your own family members that wouldn't listen to you at first. They go come to you later on in the year and they go ask you for some help. Right? They go come to you. Some of you have already experienced this. Humbly, they're coming to you. We are proud people. We don't always come straight ahead. But they come in humbly. And they saying, you know what? You're right. They're not going to say it with their words, but they're saying it with their actions. Because they see your success. Whether it's your financial success or whether it's your spiritual success, they see your success. And they're going to come to you more and more as America shows its true colors. Because they're going to need your help. And it's going to be up to you to make a decision. You want to turn them away because... They didn't listen all of this time and you spent so much time trying to teach them that now you decided, you know what, I'm going to focus on me because I'm drained. And whatever decision you make is, it's yours to make. But I would say you give that person one more chance because they're going to be the people that you're going to need as well. As much as they need you, you need them. Right. So when we go into 2021, we're going to have new enemies and new allies. Right. And new eyes to see the world. So the way that we handle ourselves and we allow other people to handle us will change. <clears throat> the way we handle our business is going to change. The amount of new knowledge and new information that we have now as a people, oh, it's gonna change. The things that we know about finances, we know about the system, the new strategies we have to implement, the new keys we have that have unlocked parts of ourselves, oh, all that's done changed. We can't go back anymore. Some of us have outgrown places that we used to go to. We've shed. We can't even go back to the same clubs and lounges. You can't even drink your favorite liquor anymore. You can't hang out with your favorite friend. You can't throw ones at your favorite stripper at the pole. Things have changed. And you have to embrace that change. Don't want that old thing back ever. Continue to move forward. Continue to move forward. And as you continue to move forward, what you're going to find out is is that you at new levels. 
Your financial taste has changed. Things that would have satisfied you before has changed. You look at your old goals and business plans and you say, it's time for me to 10x that. I was happy with 5,000 a month, 2,000. I was happy with getting customers and creating transactions. Now I want clients and systems. Your goals ain't the same. You're not the same. You've just been through a traumatic event in time. Something that no other people in time before you have ever experienced and after you. And you have to embrace the change based on who you are and what you've been through and what you learned. And oftentimes we don't embrace that. We don't think about how was I thinking at the beginning of this year based on what I'm thinking now and how I see the world. When you embrace that change, you appreciate it. And when you appreciate it, you grow in more appreciation. I'm that man that I don't know how to stay the same. I don't. I, I used to hear the same thing that y'all heard. Don't change. Real niggas don't change. And then I changed from being a real nigga. And then that shed off too because I outgrew that. Right? See... Once you outgrow the things that's holding you back, then you leap forward. <clears throat> There's never been a year in my life where a person has met me and they say, Keys, what you got going on now? And I say, nothing, same old, same old. I've always despised that reply. I've hated that interaction. Are you telling me you living yesterday again today? So I said, I have to make sure that every year Every day, I'm thinking about how am I moving forward. Life is the measurement of motion. You run out of moves. You run out of time. And only dead men don't move. So if you're standing still, you're literally not living. So our plans and our goals, our values, our vision, our mission has to grow. Honorable Elijah Muhammad laid down a list. What the Muslims want. What do we believe? What do the people want? You don't have to be, or you don't have to believe you're Muslim to understand that you fall under the same jurisdiction of what we want. Freedom, justice, equality. Equity for our people. Right? Most people don't even understand Islam, but they say it ain't for me. And understanding it has nothing to do with it really being a religion. It's all about it being our original way of life, who we are. It's, it's mathematics. And so some of us going to change our belief system, our religions, our ideologies. Some of us go change our philosophies towards life. And the great shedding that has to happen, this is that time, that ceremonious shedding where we look at things that no longer serve our purpose based on who we are now, but it served our purpose based on who we was. And that great shedding happens so that we can grow into new skin without stretching ourselves. And so if you do this periodically, where you're taking these audits of yourself, and you're saying, you know what? <clears throat> What's going to be best for our path forward? Do I have the ability to discipline myself so that I can implement new goals? Let's say that one more time. Do I have the ability to discipline myself so I can implement new goals? 
if you want to take a piece of paper and you write it down right now, <clears throat> and you say, you know what, my new goal is I'm going I'm to read a book per month. I'm going to read a book per week, right? I do have a book club that's going to be started. Everybody in the text will get it. We're going to build on webinars, the book clubs. It's going to be powerful. Some people say, you know what, I got to change who I hang around so I can become somebody different. All my friends are making $100,000 a month. Someone making a million dollars a month. I can't go back to $10,000 a month anymore. I can't go back to it. I'm a force to become my friends. I can't do it. I can only do six figures now. I'm forced. My financial taste has changed. My methods towards sales and marketing and branding and strategy and design has all changed. I can't go back to, I don't even remember my, who I was. His old goals would depress me now. I'm not that same person. And through our life, we become different people. We talk about, I heard Blue Pill speaking on this. We talk about becoming a different person, right? We talk about um, life transitioning after death and we living multiple lives. But then in life, we live multiple lives. People bring it up all the time. Remember when you used to do this? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, I ain't that person no more. You're not the same person anymore. There was a time when I was in the streets. I sold drugs. I caught cases. I robbed. You understand me? Did a multitude of different things. I fought. Shot at people. All kind of crazy stuff. That was Cali. That ain't me. That was a whole different person. That was a different life. They called me Brill at one point in time. Family. Different person. Right? I got multiple nicknames. They was all represent different lives. My parents named me Jabril Muhammad. Named after an angel. Right? Delivering that message. And <clears throat> we get named and then we name ourselves. And when we name ourselves, we decide to take our life in our own hands, our destiny and control. Although I respect the name that my parents gave me 100%. But it changes. 19 Keys is a different person. People say, well, can I call you something else? No, you don't have the ability to. You call me what I name myself. Why do you think you got rights to call me what my parents name? But you don't have to respect what I name myself because this is a path that I set for myself. This is who I am. I simultaneously live and exist in parallel dimensions, being both at the same time, building layers on top of that. So I built a layer on Jabril, and that layer that I built... The 19 keys for the world. Right? And so, <clears throat> we got the decision to make to decide who we going to be in 2021 and beyond. Who we going to be after this live. Here's the thing about this. When we come to these lives, we hear information, the vibration, it empowers us and it instills us new confidence. We enjoy it, right? Tentilates the senses, senses, it stimulates our minds, right? It, it energizes our souls, it excites us. How do you keep that excitement up is the question. 
I was raised in the streets and in the, and as a Muslim. The Muslims I knew, they were all killers. Not every single one of them. The, the brothers in the nation, they showed me the more virtuous Muslims, I would say. The street Muslims I grew up with in Oakland, California, they were a corrupt bunch, to be honest. But they showed me strength and discipline and organization, and they showed me what power looks like. Power that was fleeting, it came and it went. It had a 40 year span, but it was a lot of corruption, a lot of sickness that grew from that root. It had to be rooted out, it had to die. It couldn't exist. But yeah, I grew up in the streets. And I'm glad too. Because without that, I wouldn't have the relatability, I wouldn't be able to wear the crowns that I'm able to wear now to where I can reach more people. So that life was necessary so I can build this life, one that I'm utilizing to move forward to impact the world. So there are things that I would do in the future that I know nothing of yet, but I plan to do them. I just don't know what it will be yet. When I was young, I decided that I had a destiny that was bigger than what I knew and I had shoes to fill. Only in my footsteps, only my shoes. I don't ever want to walk in another man's lane, footsteps behind nothing. Besides men that I honor and respect, the truth out of them. Master Father Muhammad, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, those type of men, I look at and I think about who they are and what they've possessed and what they've mastered during their time. And many men will shun or look at those men and say, ah, I don't want to still follow them. I don't like this aspect of their story. All the while ignoring the rest of the power. So we don't know how to observe. We only know how to judge. The observing man, he gets everything from his environment. The judging man, he only gets what he hates. It's unfortunate. He misses out on all, all of the value. So I observe the truth, I observed the frequency, I, I observed the godliness, the God that exists in. You can't deny that. And then I say, well, how do I become like? How do I get my mind to that point? And we may want to skip aspects of it, but we can't. I'm not perfect by a long shot. But I've gotten rid of a lot of my imperfections. I can be a lot better organized. That'll make me a better man. That's my goal right now. I'm not worried about vices and drinking and smoking or clubs and, you know, bad spending habits and, you know, cheating and stealing and lying. That, you know, I've, I've worked myself out in those areas pretty well. Now I'm just rounding off the edges so that I can be useful to Allah. And I can be useful to my people. You know, I'm respected in many different circles. Not because people agree with me, but because people will appreciate that I built myself up and I have something to say. And what I speak has value and it holds truth and it holds weight. But I don't live by the compliments because I don't build myself or filter myself through my ego. 
And when you resist the temptation of your ego, you resist the temptation of filtering yourself through your pride, you can step back and allow yourself to grow because the ego becomes a tight suit that don't give you no room to grow. So you can't shed. And that's what this is all about, it's the shedding. So the goal now becomes how do we protect ourselves, every aspect of ourselves, right? But before we get to the point of protecting, we must first make what needs to be protected precious. We must make it worth something. You ever seen a man protect trash? You see, a, you ever see somebody that a fight to die for something that's broken? Nah, we have people that's broken. We have people that's been trashed, discarded. We have people that know we not at our best selves. So we're not about to protect that. We allow anybody to come in. Come in and, and, and do what you want to us. Because we know that what we have is not as precious as it could be. And, and we destroy ourselves. So now what we have to do is we have to reevaluate, reinsure the value in ourselves, reappreciate ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves, heal ourselves, mend ourselves. And then it changes because imagine, see my mind, I love my mind so much and I protect my mind. And the reason I do because I spent so much time on my mind, building it up, reflecting, learning, reading, Right, studying, I created a nootropic company so that I can take, me and my good brother Blue Pill, I can take my gold water, I can take my medicinal mushrooms, you understand me, that are stacked with the vitamins and minerals, and I can utilize that to build up the brain cells that I lost when I used to smoke weed and I was out there wasting my time. I love my mind. So guess what? I'm going to protect it. I'm going to protect it against certain people, certain frequencies, certain programming and information because I, I value it. I spent so much time building it. It's my greatest asset. So, no, nah, I'm not going to let nothing harm and hurt that. So your goal is to find, to, to build something up worth being protected. There's got a little weed. Hey, it's legal now, brother. You know what I'm talking about? So, if, if that's my reality, then guess what? I'm going to do every single thing on this planet Earth to make sure that nobody come interrupt these things that I built up that are so valuable. Because of all of the time that I put in there building these things up. Yeah, they sacred now. My family, my relationships, my assets, my businesses, my intellectual property, right? My wisdom, whatever little wisdom I may have. Whatever reputation I may have, I built things up intentionally. But see, if you don't spend no time cultivating, building up anything that you find sacred, bruh, I'm in, look, I'm in Miami. I'll come down to Tampa. You let me know, Derek. Damn shit. You ain't got nothing that you feel like shit. I'm about to go out there and do everything that I can do. And then when you got something you will protect, the next level. You want to make sure that you can give it the greatest level of protection, right? You want to give it the greatest level. Like, oh, no, I don't want to get no $5 guard to protect my assets. No. Now I got to make sure that I'm putting the top tier level of protection up there, right? If I'm talking about my wealth, 
Uh, now, I need all of the information and knowledge I can to protect this wealth, to ensure that I can pass this down to the next generation. I'm talking about my health. Oh, I need the best level of information and knowledge, and I need the best level of, of, of dietary, you understand me, um, lifestyle that I can utilize. I need the best medicinal mushrooms. I need the best minerals. I need to know about everything on the planet that's going to help me protect this. I haven't put a lot into this. So that goes into every aspect of it. When you try treating things like acid, it changes the way you live your life. It changes the way you live your life. I protect my peace and I pay for that. I use my money to protect my peace. No problem. I don't argue with people no more. You can have whatever argument that you want, that time and the energy it's going to take for me to confront that argument. You can have that. I would drop that, disappear, buy peace. Keep on moving. I'm going to keep on moving. I don't have time for that. I got too much. I got to protect my time. I built my time up to be valuable. That time I'm talking to you, I could have been spent thinking about a new concept. I could have took that concept, executed it, right? And now that could have turned into more things to protect, more assets. So <clears throat> I, I've gotten to the point where I don't allow things to um, destroy or disrupt the things that I've built. And I don't allow people to be in my circumference. I let it go. And oftentimes people want your attention because they know they hold no real value to you. But the moment that you start giving them that type of attention and energy, you start to value them. Because attention is powerful. It's energy. It's love. So I'm at that point where it's like, all right, what, 2021, I'm going to protect my peace. You think I'm about to be overly engaged in the political election? No, I'm going to utilize it. I'm going to capitalize off of it. It's going to become a marketing tool. It's going to be a sales strategy, a tactic. Absolutely. Why should white men be the only one that get to capitalize off American politics? How come these corporations get to be the only one that's lobbying in their interest? You don't think I'm going to do the same thing? You don't think I've been studying this for a reason? You'd have lost your mind if you don't think that that's how I'm about to start moving in this world. And I tell you, I'm doing it transparently with no issue, no problem. Because I know I'm going to rob from the rich and give to the gods so that they become the young, rich, black gods. I've, I've, I think that I've amassed a, uh, a great circle of friends that I will call them, and, and friends because of the reciprocation of energy that we have to give to each other based on the value we have to bring to each other, right? And if anything that I want to learn when it comes to wealth, when it comes to health, when it comes to life, relationships, I can call up a friend about it. I don't always do it, right? My phone, I be to myself. My energy be to myself, right? My, my business is not on Fun Street, right? And that's important. But I got a friend that I can call for every aspect and area in life. I want to go run some ads. I want to do credit. I want to do wealth. I want to do trucking. I want to do business, build trust, estates. What type of LLC I need, right? Tax, what I need, right? I want to get into the farming industry. Uh, what I need, I call somebody up. Now, the question becomes is, why haven't you built yourself up to network your network to where it's a value, it's an asset, you have, it's, a, it's one to protect? I protect my friends. 
They valuable as hell. I don't want to see nothing happen to them. They valuable. Shout out to the good sister Nilan. So, once you build things up that are worth something, that are worth the value, and you start protecting them, it changes your way of life. So, I don't exist to present a perfect image of myself. I don't, pres I don't exist to appease other sensibilities. I understand that some people need to make me the enemy in order for them to be comfortable with themselves. And everybody ain't bad just because we don't get along. Go ahead. I know that's how you protect your ego. That's how you protect your self-image, your self-identity, right? Some people hate you because you represent the thing that's, um, that's different than their belief system, their faith. They say, wait a minute. If, if I consider you to be good, if I consider you to be right, then why am I protecting my own belief system that I've built up and spent so much time into it? So sometimes by making you their enemy, they're just protecting their things that they built up that they value to themselves. It's nothing personal. So I step outside of myself to empathize with the other perspective so I don't get caught up in what they're trying to protect. Because I still got my own business to take care of. Right? So when I look at white America and I look at the things that they're trying to protect, should they look at the system they built up. Look at the system that they built up. This is a very complex system to continue to maintain power over a people that they have no rights over. But they got a history, they got a lineage, they got a line, they got a sanctity to protect. Rituals, institutions, they go do every single thing and they might power brain that they can possibly do to, to protect it because they built up something of value. So now, what have we built up of the equal opposite of value with the right virtues? We can't point to it. We got things like hip-hop. That's valuable, <laughs> right, to a certain extent. It's valuable given its potential and its abilities. But we don't own that. We try to protect it, but... Even protecting that is hypocritical because the things that we protect within that particular rap game, hip-hop, are detrimental to us. So we're protecting something that's destroying us at the same time. It's a cognitive dissonance. The only thing that's really worth protecting in culture is the truth. That's something that we can be passionate about. And when we get to the root of our institutions that we created, right? My brother said something earlier is that he said culture is not built on logic. It's built on passion, right? The things that we're passionate about. And I agree with him. You understand me? But what are you passionate about? What's that one thing that you will kill, live, die for? you gotta have is it family be honest with yourself some people family is enough that keeps them going family that one thing that's the reason I'm gonna I'm get all this paper I'm gonna buy my mom a house right and that's enough for people right some people don't even know what they protect and what they fighting for whatsoever so when I 
I present the solutions to the people and, and we do our due diligence and we do our work, we teach and we build up these wealth standards. And the people tap in, right? We've had over thousands of students that have tapped in and, I, and I'm so glad, but we got so many more people to reach, right? And most people are protecting their dollar because they appreciate their dollar more than they do their dreams, their goals, their visions. So when it comes for them to uh, invest money into their knowledge, but they don't appreciate their mind that much. They don't appreciate their mind. Because if they did, then they would spend all of the, invest all of it, and circulate all the money that they can into the valuation of their of they mind. They would say, you know what? I do want my children to be wealthy. See, wealth is a very selfless act. Why? Because you won't be around to, to experience it. It's going to be your great-grandchildren that appreciate the things that you've done for them in this time. Or maybe they don't, depending on how they grow up. Everybody don't appreciate it. But I tell you this, we are the generation that was born with nothing. We are the generation that inherited nothing but problems. We inherited last place in a race that we never wanted to be a part of. So I respect anybody that makes, that quickens the pace, that put their family a, a little further ahead in this game. Nobody wants to be a part of this. Nobody asks for this shit. Nobody asks to have to deal with racism and white supremacy and politics. Oh man, this shit don't make no sense. Nobody asks to have to learn the intricacies of Europeans' ideology and institutions to figure out ways to correct our status, to get it out of this, to get our paperwork right. To, all of this seems crazy to us. When you feel free because you got control over your body and your mind, but then you realize, damn, I ain't got control over my world, though. So our goal right now, we trying to figure out, I feel like I'm free because I can walk around. I have liberties. I got limbs. I can breathe. I can eat. But I don't control this world. And that's what we fighting for. We fighting for control of our worlds. That young boy that grow up in the hood, it's in the streets right now, that unfortunately caught up in circumstances beyond his control, her control. Go get caught up in a situation by affiliation, maybe murder somebody, commit a crime, get locked up. Sometimes they get into a fight, mess up their brain, right? Go bipolar when they get out. Or do some drugs, right? Dealing with adverse childhood experiences that they were never diagnosed with, never got any therapy. Constantly fitting for themselves. They're just stuck in a chaotic cycle and loop. And, shit, they don't know how to get out of it. At least that's what they feel like. They feel like they got to see this thing through. We've created codes and systems. Say, you know, it's supposed to be honorable, but it ain't no honor in the streets. The streets is dead. And nobody want to have a funeral for it. So it's time that we have a funeral for the streets. And we change what it means. We got to destroy old worlds and build on top of them. See, we keep talking about destroying their world, the white world. Right? The things that they built. 
But what about the things that we built that's not good for us? Do we continue to protect those things even though that they are poisonous to us? What value do they really have besides the fact that we created something that was flawed? So it's not until we have a funeral for those things that we destroy those things. We destroy the worlds that we built up inside the world that they control, which was a reaction to it, often manipulated, diverged from its root intention in the first place. We got to destroy those things. So we're trying to destroy their world and we ain't destroyed the ones that we built up. And that goes in our own daily lives. The world that you build up in your own circumference. Right? Your habits. Right? Your habits. Very important. Once you get to your habits, that's when you figure out who you really are. What you about to do every day. See, in business, you have a goal. And then you got to figure out how to get to that goal. Right? And in business, you're figuring out how to service the needs of the human family. There's so many problems that exist every single day. And every single one of them is a possible business. If you can come up with the solution. What serves that problem? Right? So one of the early things that I studied when I was younger was marketing. Because I think marketing is uh, common sense. It deals with people, the mind of people. And I've always been fascinated by it. Because it's really also dealing with manipulation, right? Manipulating reality, finding unique ways to get things done. And when I think about what drives the human mind, why do we do things? There's all sort of different case studies. One thing I know for true is the more we see something, the more we're attracted to it. Right? The more we see something, the more we're attracted to it. That's why they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. If there was somebody you, you never heard of and all of a sudden somebody tell you a story about that person. Well, it may have been a bad story. You, you're right. But now you know about that person. At first you wouldn't have known about them, so it wouldn't have mattered. But there was value added in just knowing their existence. Now you get to make your decision whether... You will rock with that person. You will believe that, whatever it may be. Now, when it comes to that and how we want to manufacture our solutions, how do we get to the point where every single day we make ourselves and our people more attracted to the things that are good for them? So when I think about marketing, I think about marketing a new world, right? The opposite of the world that we created for ourselves. Because this world... And the things that we think gives us our freedoms, sexual freedoms, right, economic freedoms, whatever, oftentimes we really just build in our own cage out of our freedoms, right? We get locked into another box. So that's not the goal. So what are our issues, right? We got a, a, a lack of institutions that exist in America, right? Now, knowledge serves as our greatest leader. Once you have the knowledge, you have the necessary information in order to complete your goal. We know that wholly exists in America. We got a bad health care system, right? Black people have a lot of pre-existing conditions. Okay. Well, that's good. Now that we know that, 
Well, how many times we see uh, a commercial, a billboard, uh, um, an ad, uh, we get a text on our phone, the same way we had all these voting campaigns. Think about this for half a second. When we look at these voting campaigns, they was texting our phones, they was calling us, they spent hundreds of millions of dollars to get them in office so that they can help us fix the problems. But when was the last time they spent hundreds of millions of dollars on fixing the problems? So imagine if the government was texting you and telling you, wait a minute, you gotta eat, a, 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 you gotta eat some minerals. You understand me? You gotta, you gotta, they, they texting you statistics that's coming out telling you that 45% of America is obese. They're reminding you of the pre-existing conditions that exist in the world so that you can become conscious of it. You're not going to get that list. Because it's a capitalist society. You're not going to get that list. So they spend money so you can vote for them to help them with the problem, but they won't spend any money on the problem so that they can provide the solution. Sex trafficking is huge, right? There are tens of thousands of missing black women that are unaccounted for. Where is the politics behind a massive investigation to figure out what the fuck is happening to our women? I don't know. All right, well, we know the problem. We do the protests. We do the boycotts. I don't know. We know that we don't have enough black banks, schools, education facilities. All right? When was the last time we had a massive collection as a people that says, you know what? How about everybody decide to put something in the pot, right? And this is going to go to, I said black women. I don't speak about everything. I said black women, Brother KJ. How about we decide that we're going to put this money towards the agenda of building the things that we need? We take the platinum plan. We take the plan for black America. We take the contract of black America. We take <clears throat> the economic blueprint that Honorable Elijah Muhammad made. And we, we put them together in a pot and say, all right, what we need to do now? We got all up a list of problems. Let's create every aspect of every solution that we're going to need. Black people don't know about credit. There's credit secrets to the bureaus, to the institutions that we don't know nothing about. Cool. Well, shoot. Let's just teach. Let's just teach. Let's teach credit. Now, there's some brothers like my brother Hem 500. Break it down. Right? We're about to do credit in the wealth standard. About to do it, give you a DIY. Do it yourself credit. You can fix it yourself. Don't worry. It's coming. Right? We know that stocks are booming right now and black people missing out. All right, cool. Well, we'll teach you about stocks. Oh, wait, we didn't even just go teach you about stocks. We know that when every time that there's a crash, because we're at the lower pole, totem pole, right, that we get hurt the most. So what we're going to decide to do is we're going to teach you about stock options. Damn, Keys, what stock options? Well, stock options is a way where you can make money even if the market crashes. It's a way you can hedge your portfolio. Oh, Okay, cool. That's what's up. Um, we know that 
our political interests are not met in America. So, all right, what y'all want to do? Republicans, Democrats, two pockets on the same pants. Let's create our own party. All right, that, I mean, it makes sense. Cool. This is the day after the election, right? Or it hasn't been elected yet, but it don't matter what happens. I mean, it's out your hands, so we might as well start focusing on our next campaign, right? Cool, let's, let's do that. We know that our families are missing so much information in our family household. We know that 3.5 million acres in southern land was lost because black people did not have wills in their family. That we've actually had a period in the last hundred years accumulating a lot of land and real estate, but we didn't keep it. Okay, cool. Well, let's let's start let's start a mass movement of buying land, real estate, and then let's go create trust to secure it, and let's also make sure that we have wills. So it's passed down to the next heir in the family. Cool. I like this. All right. Well, what about this then, Keys? We have um, an issue with food deserts in our communities. That a food desert is when you don't have a proximity availability to nutrient available foods, right? All right. Well, how about we make a list of all of the targeted zip codes, which is out. And then we target those zip codes to put food bodegas, food trucks, right? Farming communities right in the smack that center of that, right? Um, therefore, everybody has a proximity availability and there's no more food deserts, which is also connected to criminality, which connects to the pipeline of prison. Damn, that, that makes sense. All right, what about tech then? All right, well, let's make sure that every household has the ability to uh, <clears throat> have good internet, broadband internet, Wi-Fi. Also, they're going to need the devices, right? So they're going to need um, they're going to need cell phones. They might need tablets. Uh, might need computers. All right, cool. So we got the tablets. We got the computers. Now, what do we do with that? Let's get into the e-learning industry, right? The education institutions have failed us historically and failed to teach us the things that we need to do so that our story progresses. They only taught us his story so they can further his story. So, okay, cool. Well, let's do this then. Um, how about we create our own um, homeschool curriculums, right, where we're teaching our children how to code, okay, which some black men are doing, black women are doing, all right. Uh, we teach them how to build wealth. We teach them skill set. We teach them mindset. Uh, we teach them our story, not his story, right? We teach them all of the things that we need for them to learn. How about we take some of the most brilliant minds that's already got a curriculum out. We ask them, how much are you making per year as a collective, right? How much are you making per year? Uh, maybe some people making $10 million. Maybe the potential earning power of them is $20 million, $100 million in the next 10 years. So we say, guess what? The same way Spotify gave Joe Rogan uh, $100 million for his content to come over to Spotify, Black America has created a corporation where we want to contract with you. How about you create a contract with Black America? We contract our Black intellectuals and teachers. Say, so look, I guess what? I'm going to give you, uh, based on your figures, your metrics and measurements, I want to create a contract the same way we contract ball players, right? 
I'll give you $10 million for the next 10 years to teach. Some people may get bigger contracts, smaller contracts. How come the intellectuals not getting paid as much as the athletes? <clears throat> when the intellectuals are going to help people make more money. The athletes are there for distraction, right? I'm right. Yeah, okay, now you're talking about changing institutions and creating all kind of different change keys. Well, ain't that what we need in the world, right? How about, all right, listen. I seen a campaign where it is these strippers at the polls, right? They went from polls to polls. Now, how about we calculate the amount of money that we waste, right? Uh, um, one thing that Hitler did, right, when he was looking at Germany and why the economy was so bad, he said, man, inflation, the money lenders, right, um, the bars, right, the, the strip clubs, whatever the hell they had going on, he said, we got to close all of these places that deal with sexual immorality, deviation, right? We got to close down anybody that's creating inflation. So he outlawed interest. So, all right, what, if, what would happen, right? Maybe, I don't know if that's a good idea at all. All right, so you telling me that on the average, sometimes uh, brothers go in there and they spend $100,000 at the polls. What if we took the money from the polls Right, the P O L the the, the P O L E S, and we put it towards the polls, the P O L L S. All right, we went from the polls to the polls. Right. Why 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 do I say that? Well, that's money that we wasting anyway. We could hire. Don't worry, we could hire the strippers. Right. Um, for our campaigns, we can hire in front of businesses that we're going to build. Right. We can give them skill sets. A lot of times they go in there, they want to get an education. Right. We can replace their occupation with, with a new skill set. Oh, no, but we're going to need that, right? We, we don't want to sacrifice that. Okay. Right? Because we talk about defunding the police. What are some of the things we need to defund and reallocate, do a divest, invest model? All right, what about police keys? Let's keep going with this. <clears throat> well, we got to attack the system wholly. Um, how about... Um, number one, we have to utilize technology, um, but we have to create a tech system to because tech bias is a big issue, right? So we're going to take the tech bias, and what we're going to do is we're going to have to um, make sure that we have a tech task force, a team of coders, right? Because if we can utilize technology to help patrol our own streets, then we can decrease the presence of police. But we need to be there controlling it because we don't want to build in, right, white patriarchal biases into the machines, essentially having racist robots, right, discriminating against black people more. All right, that, that sounds good. What about the, so we got to do away with the police unions, uh, police brutality bonds, protective immunity. Right. We have to create a better um, IA system, internal affairs. Right. Get them better investigative powers. So when they find and, and it has to be an independent, not a department insider job, the same people that eat lunch together cannot investigate each other. Right. So now that becomes something that the people decide on. Right. Now, listen. We have options is what I'm trying to tell you all. And it doesn't take the greatest level of thinking and intellect. Sometimes it, it takes simple solutions. We implement. We say this is what we want and this is what we're going to build. 
So you say replace with what? We're going to replace them with technology and we're going to replace them with our own officers. Number one, increase policing increases crime. Decrease policing decreases crime. Why does that happen in that particular manner? Well, it happened the same way where if you go to a school, um, like my school that I went to, Roosevelt High School, terrible school. It was literally like going to prison or jail every day. You walk in there, there are bars at the door, there are security guards at the door, and there's a line and you have to get checked before you go into school. They have wands, big buff security guards. They look like they work at a prison, right? You getting your bag checked, everything. You go into the halls, you understand me? You got to go to your locker, you understand me? Throw your stuff in there. Sometimes they do random checks. They come in there, they check your locker, they check your room. Like it was, it was wild. It was literally like a prison. <clears throat> All right. So because we had more security guards, they were finding more infractions. Less security guards, less crimes. Right. If you go to white communities, white people commit the same or way more crimes than black people in America. But when they're not over policed, there are less crimes being reported. Most of the time, there's small crimes, white-collar crimes, right? And at the same time, disenfranchised neighborhoods and homes make people need to commit crimes because guess what? They don't have opportunities. So if you increase the equity, right, and the funding in certain neighborhoods, you decrease the amount of police, this has a balance because what? 99% or 90% of crimes are money-based crimes. So it's the lack of money that's driving the evil. So if we equalize the conditions in our reality, we can make changes. Okay, what about brothers that commit the crimes, go to jail? Oh, man, you're right. Now, this is a big issue, right? And when we talk about health care, we have to talk about mental health care as well. Right. And, and this has not uh, been important size enough. Mental health care. Yeah. Yeah. See, Mo, I went there for a year for actually I went there for two years. My first year and my last. I also went to school in uh, Oakland as well. Oakland Tech. So. Now, <clears throat> where was I? At? We on the schools. I forgot. He, he, didn't, he didn't jump me off of it. Right. <clears throat> Somebody go ahead and remind mental health care. Yes. So, unfortunately, the entire uh, the system of mental health care, especially especially dealing with black men and women. Oh man, it's terrible. Terrible. But mental health care is so important because. It lacks complete empathy. What they did in, uh, did he say it was Ohio? I forgot what city he said it was. That where they just decriminalized all drugs. That's important, right? Because to be a drug addict, right? That's a disease. Addiction is a disease. So you're criminalizing people. Oregon, thank you. You're criminalizing people for disease, and they're becoming criminalized, and they're going to jail, and they're repeating the cycle. 
damn, where's the empathy in society? And then that's too much strain on the system. So it's costing more for you to house this person because of their addiction that's being untreated. And you want to criminalize them. Some of them have mental health issues. Some of them may have tried something and got hooked on it. Some of them may be dealing with traumas, whatever it may be. But then, so I just oppose that. Now look at black men. You have to decriminalize mental health. Mental health issues are criminalized. It's the same thing as drugs. I got family members who addicted to certain things. They might have tried heroin, crack, right? Uh, a bunch of different things. I stayed around family and seen them smoke crack. I was stuck and had to be in the same household as them. It was traumatizing. People that I respected. But I seen what the grip of those drugs do to the mind of our people, which is today the reason I don't like vices. I don't want to be addicted to nothing. But to criminalize a person, because we grew up in Reaganomics, Right, The very America that brought us the drugs go criminalize us for using them when they have these addictive properties. So black men in America are criminalized because of their mental health. And that's unfair. So you get caught up in this pipeline of prison and you can't do nothing about it. Can't do nothing about it. Right? And so we fighting every single day to figure out, number one, when we dealing with the mental health of our society, there's a lot of people that we got to save first. Right? Those young black brothers that's on the streets and they walking around and they an old shell of their existence of who they used to be and you can stare them directly in the eyes and you don't see the same soul you used to talk to. Right? There's people that's been molested people that have been through all sort of crazy trauma going living in the hood seeing people get their head blown off by the age of 13 14 15 you didn't already have three four five dead homies you grow up where it's normalized violence where you got to fight to survive right you, you you grow up in some aspects there's a large percentage of crimes and murders that are unsolved and these are Young men and women walking around with demons. They can't unsee. Right? And so we got a whole lot of, of work to do, but it has to come along with empathy. Right? Because <clears throat> this is the war we fight. We know that there's the war on drugs was the war on black men. So if we know the things that were done to us, what were the things to remedy that? The 94 crime bill was really locking up so many black men. If Kamala Harris, if black men were 19 more times more likely to be locked up under Kamala Harris, where are the bills to help us out now? To say, damn, I know that had to be traumatic. Let's, let's, let me go help you. I know your family can't do anything with you. They don't know what to do. They, they, they love you. They want to bring you back into the space, but their own sanctity, they can't afford it. So... Without these mental health plans, without mental health care and mental health facilities, without black therapists, and it's a difference because 
with these therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, they're different, right? Some of them are meant to just diagnose you and then give you the drug that goes along with your diagnosis. So you have to be careful when it comes to that as well, because some of our things are, are of a spiritual nature, right? There was a doctor who talked about how he could take somebody who you thought was crazy, bipolar, and he could take them to, right, um, his village in Africa. And he said he could help them walk through the spirit world and they'd be all right. And so he did a test. He said, let me get a couple of your patients. Took them over to Africa, right? Took them to the local people, the witch doctors, whatever you want to call it. Took them through that process. I mean, you can go utilize Iboga root. Iboga root is a root that actually helps people get off the one of the most addictive drugs in the world, heroin. Iboga root. And it's illegal in America, but what they do is they make the drug illegal, but then they take aspects of the drug, right? And then they turn it into pharmaceutical drug so they can capitalize off of it and patent that. So why are certain things illegal in America? But a lot of our bros, if, if, if they go be institutionalized, thrown into a jail or probably killed by the police or lost on the streets, what's the harm of taking the brothers that's addicted to all this crack and this heroin and, and all these issues? What's the harm of taking a route that has a great track record of getting people off addiction? Why wouldn't the government want to institute that? So when we talk about lobbying and fighting for things, can't we now take people to um, um, Oregon and be like, you know what, that's going to be the new place. That's the new Mecca where we get our people off drugs. We take them, we take them through the Boguru ceremonies, we take them through a cleansing, we take them through a bunch of different things, right? And we give them a restoration and a reintroduction into society. If we really care about our people, we have to think for our people and think of things and ways that can help and be of value to our people. It's a reason that a lot of young men don't want to be revolutionaries, or activists, or even you know, be conscious or be that guy. Because societies, the community has never backed up the activists, never backed up the revolution. They show up to the protest, sure. What about after the protest? Name me one activist that ever got rich. And no, it's not about money whatsoever. But see, here's the thing. There are, I can name you a cop that has killed the black man and he had a GoFundMe with a million dollars in it. You see the difference in that? That you have somebody that fights for the community that doesn't even get to spend enough time with their family, sometimes get killed in the line of the work that they do for the people and actually implement and make a lot of change. But where's the community for that people? Where's the fund so that those people and their family can be taken care of? Where's the award ceremony? Where, where's anything? Look at what we value. We happy when our favorite rapper, singer, actor gets an award, but our favorite activist, revolutionary, intellectual, and people that's actually helping us, we haven't created a system for 
them to get honored, recognized, and appreciated. So, of course, nobody wants to be the person who dies or doing for everybody else and the world seems wholly selfish. So, there's, that's the importance of reimagining our world and reimagining what we important size, right? And when we reimagine and we take time to be empathetic, right? Then we start to manifest and make and fight for the right change. We start to manifest the right change. So I want to see young men growing up and be like, you know what, I want to be like that revolutionary. Look at the, the people had their back. They never had to go work for a white man again. How many of the Black Panthers needed to go seek jobs afterwards? Didn't have financial assistance, started doing drugs. What was the community? Some got killed. Should have been somebody around them to be like, nah, you've done so much for us, you didn't create it all. Let me let me make sure that you're guided. Let me make sure that you're right, that you eat, and that your family is taken care of for the next three generations. I know activists that's been on the ground, putting in work, dealing with the police, getting bills changed, legislation, laws, and fighting for 40 years. Some of them don't know how they go pay their mortgage. Don't know how they go send... They should get their child a proper education. Damn. So without that proper support and without us supporting our people the right way, we don't create the right archetypes and we don't inspire the next generation to do the right thing. We don't inspire the generation, the next generation, to do the right thing. So that's why in 2017, when the shifters came together, I talked about the rich and righteous. I wouldn't allow people to ever box me into this poor, righteous teacher because the world had you sacrifice everything for them while sacrificing nothing for you. That's not a good relationship. And we've accepted these toxic relationships because we want to help our people. But are they our people if they don't reciprocate? And so I start putting accountability on it. I start saying, I said, wait a minute, nah, my platform started off as a businessman, right? If I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna step in front and I'm gonna travel the world, guess what? I'm gonna sell my products. They gonna be solution-based based on what I'm speaking on. I'm gonna do my marketing, I'm gonna do my branding. I'm gonna make sure I got a business, because guess what? How can I travel around the world telling everybody that we need to quit the jobs of the white man and, we need to make sure that we have businesses. I don't have a successful business. I can't tell you how to make 100000 a month if I never did it. I can't inspire you to do things that I've never done. I can only inform you that this might be a good decision for you. But I become just like another uh, regular wage teacher talking about things that they've never done. I'm not trying to do that. So we changed that. And we inspire many and continue to inspire many because we are that generation that are rich and righteous.
I'm not perfect. Don't ever box me into perfect. Perfect is a box that nobody fits in. It's small. And with perfection comes um, standards that can never be met. Perfection is a setup. It's a setup. So we don't work to be perfect, but we strive to. We strive to grow. We strive to be better. You know? So, whatever spirit that I have, whatever soul I have, whatever goodness that I have, I'll continue to work to, to try and multiply that. Or I will multiply that. You know? I, I've, you know, I, I believe that I have a great level of intellect. That's one of my greatest abilities. I have the ability to create concepts that can become institutions for the next generation. I'm an original thinker. I'm a creative. I'm a designer, a marketer, a brander, right? An artist, right? A speaker. I write poems. I, I, I do a multitude of different things. I could never be boxed in. People want to, but I don't like boxes, right? So instead, I decide to become a polymath, one who spans in many different areas. Polymathic. We are all polymathic, but... We decide to box ourselves in so that the world can easily identify. It's like a person having a, a beautiful indigenous original name that not everybody can introduce. So we create nicknames for ourselves and make it easier for the world. Not easier for ourselves, it's easier for the world. Right? Nah, you got to pronounce my name regardless of how difficult it may be for you. Make people pronounce your titles. Got a lot of them, you got a lot. You know? It is what it is. But don't shorten yourself so everybody else around you can feel taller. Don't ever do that. So when we're talking about these solutions, right? Whether it's content monetization, whether it's creating a book, everybody should have a book. Why don't you have a book? Why didn't you start on your book? There can never be an oversaturated market of creating books. You want to start your book? Outline what you want to write about. Sit back and record yourself. Talk about a talk about a topic that interests you. Maybe even talk about your life story. See, my philosophy is this. If there was a library of every recorded person that ever lived, right? And whether it was their ideas written in the book or their life story, every book would be valuable because it will represent a human life. Every person, that's a lot. People say, well, what business should I start? I don't know, but I know one product you can start. Because not only is that book good as a product, recurring income, it's your legacy. You got to etch it in history. Give it to the world. So part of the black standard is added to the list. And that's one of the things that I told. 
Thank you, Ken. You, 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 he, in the, he in the web standard. He already know. So that's what we go over in the web standard. We gave you the keys how to write your book in a simplified format to get it done. I didn't even post it yet. Oh, I got to post it. Elijah Farrakhan, God, what's going on? Tap in with me. I'm in Miami. Next couple of days, I'm free. I didn't even post this yet. But y'all know in the web standard, so I taught a curriculum, a multitude of different things. We taught stocks. We taught options. We taught business, business plan. Um, we taught a multitude of things. But one of the things I loved the most was we taught the children how to write their book in under nine weeks. Right? Really, they could have done it in one week if, you know, if they was fast with it but i create the system on purpose so that we can have a fast way that eliminates excuses and get you started it's in the web standard so these children they started sending me their books that they got completed and you know how how great that felt right do you know how great that felt that these young children seven eight nine ten thirteen fourteen fifteen years old Got a full book complete. So now I got to go do my due diligence. I'll be posting some of the books, right? If you all want to buy them to support these children, please do. Right? That they've literally completed books. I remember growing up thinking about books, but I never thought about, nobody really inspired me to write a book. Nobody said that at that young age, they made it seem like I got to wait I got to become an academic. I got to go through these grammar classes. I got to, nobody told me that I could start at any age. They put limits on me. So I wanted to do for them what was never done for me. So now they got their own books written. It's done, it's complete, it's ready to go, ready to be sold. And so, we put limits on ourselves based on indoctrination and what society tells us what we're supposed to do at certain ages, things of that nature. But that ain't the reality. This is what I want y'all to do, right? <clears throat> I want y'all to, um, like I said, number one, I want you to write down your book idea first, right? If it, and matter of fact, this is what I'll do for you. If you're not in the web standard, if you're in the web standard, press one. If you're not in the web standard, press two. Um, you write down your book idea, right? Um, come up with the title of your book, uh, <clears throat> um, and how long you want it to be. And I want you to tag me into title. I want you to tag me in the outline, whether it's, it could be things as simple as um, you want your book to be the 10 steps to, I don't know, manifesting a perfect life, whatever it may be, right? Um, and then you create, let's say your, your intro, your introduction, it could be one paragraph, a one paragraph introduction, and I'm going to give you all the secret to, to the sauce. The secret sauce is there's no such thing as writer's block. That's the secret sauce. There's also another secret sauce. You do not have to actually write your book to get a book written. That's some secret sauce, right? You can record your book and get a book written. Some more secret sauce. You can pay other people to write your concepts and ideas to get a book written. That's some secret sauce. 
right? So what you do is write one paragraph introduction, get you the title of that book, and I want you to tag me in it on Instagram, right? And I'm going to give you a, I give you 25% off the web standard, right? So you can get all of the full list of instructions. You're going to, that's going to come with stocks. It's going to come with options. It's going to come with the business master. It's going to come with the content. It's going to come with the forex. It's going to come with the history of monies, the wealth standards, the mindset. It's going to come with a lot of stuff, right? It's just so much in the wealth standard. I can't even go over all of it anymore. I've lost count. We've added so much value. All you got to do is write one paragraph. I just want to see you get started. I want to see, if you invest in you, I'm going to invest in you. It's simple. Right? Just one paragraph. It ain't got to be perfect. I'm not here to say, oh, this wasn't good or not. I just want you to get started. And I'm going to teach you how to write the rest of it. And under a few weeks with a small budget. And guess what? You gonna have a book. You gonna have. You can go into 2021. Before 2021, you can have a book done. That's gonna have you some recurring income, whether it's an ebook, whether it's a physical copy. Look, Tony Atkins say he out there co-authoring books right now. Why he's sick? So from this live, you can become an author, but it's up to you to make an initial investment. All you gotta do is come up with a title. Don't have to be perfect. You can change your title whenever you want to. I just want to see you take that first step. Now, you can text me. Matter of fact, this is what you do. Text me. Text me. Text um, book, right? Yeah, text book because I also got a book club. So text book to 323-577-6692. And also text your IG when you text it as well, right? Textbook, so you can text me, and I'm going to personally send you the link after you text me. All you got to do is come up with a book title, hmm. all right? Uh, or what you want your book to be. Book titles can be hard for people. What do you want your book to be about? And then just an introduction to it, your first paragraph. Your first paragraph can be why you've written the book, what the book is going to be about, it can be about whatever, just one paragraph. A paragraph of what, four sentences, three sentences, whatever you want it to be. You don't have to overcomplicate it. The better you make it, you understand me? You never know what I might do. It's 919. My time. I love it. But my goal is to get everybody in the web standard because it's so important. The number is right there on the screen. You can screenshot it, um, press book. What I also do is I send people daily texts. I send them updates. Sometimes I send them. A bunch of, we got so much stuff that's going to come with it, so I want people to tap in. Um, also, what you can do is you can text. Make sure when you go text, make sure you sign up, right? So, therefore, I got a profile of you. I also send people birthday updates. That'd be, that'd be literally me uh, doing that. Um, you also can text me your city that you're in. And I will, so, therefore, when I come to different cities, I can text the people when I'm in that city, right? Uh, and they can tap in. Now, somebody just text the wrong number. Right, y'all. You text my simple text number. That was the, that's not that was my old number. You gotta text my new number. You know what I'm talking about? You texting the old number. I'm not answering that one no more. You gotta text the new number, beloved. Appreciate you though. Text three two three five seven seven six six nine two. Last but not least, I'm about to get out of here. But I love y'all and I appreciate you. Um, we did an options course, uh, and it was powerful. <laughs> 
very powerful. And what me and Chris Cole decided to do, um, and, and at least for those who are here, let me close out this this uh, podcast because I'm recording this. Peace, family. I appreciate y'all tapping in. Make sure you text me as well, and you can be a part of everything that we have going on. <clears throat> Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.